And that's us back into our wee virtual nukes. Welcome to Scots Radio. I'm Frida Morrison and the team are all gone about as usual. Let me introduce them. In Embra, in his B&B studio, the money that guides us through the waves, come in Richie <laughs> Werner. Aye, aye, how's it going? <laughs> I'm fine too. What about Richie? Call nurse, weedy plowtree weather, have you survived? Ah, oh, it's been unreal. My, my, my central heating's still on, I can't believe it. Aye, Again, it's like well. summer. Have you managed to do any gardening since we last spoke? Well, you see, it's been siping wheat, so I've kind of been, I've been avoiding it a wee bit, because it's just a wee bit plodgy, but um, I'll get out there, I'll get out there. Aye, Aye. there's plenty of Aye. jobs today. Plenty <laughs> of jobs, I can tell you. Nan Fate Renent, the Ian that keeps her feet on the gran and the gran on her feet. Welcome folklorist, musician, singer, Steve Byrne, coming. Aye, aye, Frida. And you fine? Aye, Kanawa, Kanawa. Good. And our new student for Robert Gordon University, anybody. Welcome, Finn Nixon again. Hi, Fira. Great to be back. How are you doing? And great to hear you again, Finn. And what's your focus today, Finn, by the way? Well, so today I'm looking into the Scottish Mountain Rescue's annual report for 2020, which was released recently. And I was speaking to Malcolm McIntyre, the Bremarin Mountain Rescue team, to find out more about it. Okay, so we'll look forward to hearing that. That'd be very important news. And uh, our special guest this episode is writer, poet, musician, and member of the editorial board of the Scots Language Society, Wallen's Publication, and editor of the Sangshaw Writers' Competition. Thaloch Gelly in Fife. Welcome, Willie Herschel. Hello there, everybody. Hi, Willie. Hi, hi. And it's hi, grand hi. to hear you. It's grand to hear you on the programme. We've been trying to get this sorted out for a long, long time. Oh, it's good to be here. Now, we'll get more information for you in a minute, Willie. First a song to challenge your verbal gymnastics, I can tell you. This is Ross Kennedy, we Coggy Thou Heals Me. Dorothy sits at the calling on you, feed rosy nebs like a lobster tea, we gun in their moose like a gab of the fluke, we smoke in their teeth like the jet of the sleigh. Ashes and wheels me, ashes and wheels me, Coggy Thou Heals me, Coggy Thou Heals. I'm my best friend when there's anything ails me, ne'er shall we pet till the day that I die. Shims like her neighbours and lovers are new She spited them say we are pride in her sauce Left her for thirteen lang summers to brew Ashes and wheels me, ashes and wheels me Coggy thou heels me, coggy thou heels I'm a best friend when there's anything ails me Ne'er shall be better the day that I do And we live in the lane Put at the rock with the tear in the ree She talked on the brahma the days that would gain And calfed the wee coggy for her company Ashes and wheels me, ashes and wheels me Coggy thou heels me, coggy thou heels I'm my best friend when there's anything ails me Ne'er shall be better the day that I do Rosy nebs like a lobster tea We gun in their moose like a gab of the fluke We smoke in their teeth like a jet of the sleigh Ashes and wheels me, ashes and wheels me Coggy thou heels me, coggy thou heels I'm my best friend when there's anything ails me Ne'er shall we pet till the day that I die Ashes and wheels me, ashes and wheels me Coggy thou heels me, coggy thou heels I'm my best friend when there's anything ails me Ne'er shall we pet till the day that I die Wow, coggy thou heels me Singer Ross Kennedy, uh, Robert 
Tannehill song, the Fred Freeman's Complete Songs Collection, and we'll hear more on Robert Tannehill Leader. Now, next year, the Scots Weed Association, the Scots Language Society, is celebrating its 50th anniversary. And on top of that, it will publish its 100th edition of its Lallans magazine. And as I said in the previous episode, fit a magazine that is. I've been enjoying the copies and I highly recommend anybody that's keen to learn Scots and made about Scots or just wanting to find greed writing in Scots to join this society and get access to this publication. The content is just incredible. And you'll find out more on www.lallans.co.uk. Lallans spelled L-A-L-L-A-N-S. Email lallans at hotmail.co.uk. And our guest this episode plays a big part in putting the content together for the publication. Now, let me welcome again Theatre Association, Willie Hershaw. Willie, come in again. Hello there. Well, it's grand to hear you on the programme. Now, the last time you and I met up, it was at the Meadies, the Meadows, at the Lahore Country Park, just outside Loch Gelly. But we met first at the Loch Gelly Centre to see your exhibition as part of the exhibition celebrating the life and work of the Carden Den dramatist and playwright Joe Corey. Now, a lot of archive material regarding the Bowhill Players' famous theatrical group was on display. It was a fabulous display, both exhibitions. But your exhibition, featuring the illustrations by Les McConnell, was Aru in the Wars, Willie. Illustrations for your then book called The Sayer Road. Now, we're going to be hearing about your new book later on, but I would like folk to hear a bit about the Sayer Road and the exhibition. It was just, say, superb. Now, to recap, again, the book and exhibition depicted the 14 stations of the cross written in Scots. Am I right so far, Willie? Yeah. Aye, that's okay. perfectly right, aye. Okay, so transferred into the Fife mining world of the 20th century. Yep. Now, Jesus appears, Jesus appears, and are the 14. Just remind folk how that works. Aye, well, the, the poem, it's a poem sequence in Scott's lead, and uh, it was really um, influenced by a, a, a poem written in the 1920s by Joe Corey called The Image of God, a brilliant poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in the poem, it is a journey of Christ to the cavalry, to the cross, but Jesus is uh, depicted as a communist miner in the poem sequence, and the events that happen are, are really the history of the five miners during the 20th century, the various uh, pit disasters that happened in the area, and the political disputes, and just the wise of Dane and the wise of life of the five miners. So that provides a backdrop and the setting uh, mm-hmm. for, for the story. Now, am I right in saying as well, it starts with the Donny Bristle mining disaster, just inside uh-huh. Cowden Beath? Aye, I mean, there were, there were a wee pit disasters, sadly, in the area, but that's when it sticks in the, the kind of communal mind, if you like. Mm-hmm. It happened in 1901. Uh, the Donny Bristle pit was just in a, an area called the Moss, outside Cowdenbeath, and there was an inrush of moss and water which came into the pit and trapped the miners, and they couldn't get out, and a great big crater appeared on the surface of the, the, the moss outside Cowdenbeath and there was a group of very brave men who, who strung steel wires across this crater and they went down to try to rescue uh, the, the guys down below and sadly they got cut off by the, the, the flow, the onding, mm-hmm. uh, this, this just muck and water and, 
uh, they uh, tragically lost their lives as well. So it's quite quite a dramatic story, quite a sad story, but they showed great fortitude and courage at every stage. One of the things I think it took about 18 months before they were able to dig through to find their bodies. And when they did find them, it turned out that they had left messages uh, written in chalk on the tunnel wall and on their shovels and things like that uh, for their uh, messages to their families. And these are very, very touching. And renowned Scots scholar and president of the Scots Lead Association, Derek McClure, says, and I quote, your book evokes the downfall of the mining industry in plain, authentic Scots. And this was a language you grew up with, Willie Way. Definitely. I, both my grandfathers were coal miners and all my uncles were miners. I was growing up in Cowdenbeath in the, in the 1960s and you, you, heard, uh, you heard Scots all the time in the house, in the street, at the school, you know, so it was it was all around. I remember you telling me that the story, about, it was at your grandfather, who in his peacetime doing the mine would read Burns, but it was part of the, the culture, the mining communities. I, th- I think so. I think because it was such a rotten job. We spoke about this before, but the, there was a great emphasis and respect for education as a means of kind of bettering yourself and, and getting the hell out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and there was a love, there was a culture among, not all the miners, it's important not to glamorise it too much, but among quite a lot of them. And uh, they did value things like poetry. And there was a great interest in politics. I mean, Joe Corey himself, after a, a long shift at the, the Bowhill Colliery, would go out at night and go to a night class to try to get some education, mm-hmm. you know. Right, for the book, Gian, some extracts for the book. Let folks hear your words. Guess, guess number six station, Jesus tacks up the cross. Aye, well, this is a good one, Jesus tacks up his cross, because this is set at the Donnybristle mine, just prior to the disaster. The miners ken, it was Guy Chancy. It was an unsafe place to work. So Jesus goes to speak to the gaffer about it. And here's the poem. Jesus, the earth seer, chapped on the owner's door. There is no air down there, no ventilation. The men are choke it with the heat and stir. The boss looked up for his big desk and said, Tack this stout pole along the sty wheel bray, to where the earth aboon is saft but dreech. There he mun start to big another shaft, see that collar air mun circulate the pit. This is no wise advice, as you will ken. Aboon legs moss, brown water, muck and peat, that will pour down on tap of us, will drown, and eat a fell onding, will drown indeed. It's safe enough, it's been surveyed, I swear. There is no water there in August month, no rain is fallen for weeks, it's far much dark, Siller and fuss to dig dunways. There. This is a working mine, no charity. Think weel on bairns and who they fare in life will laid off workless feathers on the brew. Aye. Now, I have some very happy memories of being with you and Les and your good wife Mary 
at the country park making a wee video of our meeting, sitting on the bench, and I mind asking Les if you gave him a lot of guidance through his illustrations. And his reply was, can you remember? Eh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Les is some boy. But he's an amazingly talented guy, and uh, I mean, if if you buy the book, you'll see what I mean when you see his drawings. It's a great book, aye. Uh, because they're on the facing page to the poems, and uh, it's 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 great. But uh, as you can, we fifers are guy doer, and we don't like to you know give too much away. Um, so when Les says, "Can you give me a few clues here about what to draw?" I just say to him, "Colour it in." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just what he did. He just said, well, "Just colour it in." Here's the poems. <laughs> no, he's brilliant. What he can do, I mean, it's a rare gift. He can inhabit the soul of a poem, you know, and uh, translate it into a, a work of art. I mean, it's, it's it is, genius. It is. I love the illustrations and the illustrations in the new book. Yeah. We look more until now. We minty. Right in a few minutes, I want to speak about your new book. But before we leave the Sayer Road. Finish off this section with another quote for the Sayer Road. The Beatitudes, Willie. Aye, the Beatitudes. Um, they come at the end of this. And I had the pleasure of working with a great slide guitarist called Neil Warden, who, who, who put a kind of back into this in the, uh, the Blues Market CD. Blessed are the shelter of spirit. They'll jig with angels in the kinrick of heaven. Blessed are all those who've been stooned by death. For their dear ends will give them a broad cuddle. Blessed are the hermless. They'll stravig the earth, never blade. Blessed are them we adruth for recht. They will get uncofu. Blessed are all them who thole and forgive. Their mercy will be well-minded. And blessed are the saint of her. They'll get to sit down to their supper with God. Blessed are the peacemakers. God's leal bairns will hae jam on their breed. And blessed are all them no mentioned. You're all right, so dinna be feared. Blessed are they we a truth for right. It's like a powerful line that will, isn't it? Just... Just says it, our blessed Aye, thanks, so. Well, thank you for that. And a reminder that Wally's no book, The Sayer Road, is published by Grace Note Publication and can be got through the Bowhill Players Facebook page or on Amazon. And another reminder that that video we Wally and Les and myself at Lohoer Country Park can be seen on our Scotch Radio webpage under the multimedia section, The Sayer Road. This is Pete Clark, waiting on my favourites for his Neil Gow collection. This is the Marcus Otelibardi.
Pete Clark with Neil Gowes, Marquez of Tillybardine. Now, can I bring in Steve Byrne at this point? And, and Steve, you, you were listening to what William and myself were speaking about. You've got the connections with the, the mining communities as well, haven't you, in your background? I, I bide in Trenent in East Lothian, which, much like Fife, is, is the heart of the kind of central belt of the, the, the coal mining communities. And I, it just minded me on a load of the stories that I hear locally here and are that I've been collecting over the past five, six years. And our library actually in Trenent is called the George Johnson Centre. And that's named after a miner that saved 50 of his fellow miners back in 1929 for a flood in the fleet's pit. It's just incredible to hear some of these stories and that there's the kind of things that Willie's involved with. It's capturing these stories that otherwise aren't out there. And one thing I wanted to highlight is that there's a brilliant resource out there. I came across this as a result of an oral history interview that I was transcribing. And it had been printed in a book, but they hadn't quite understood what the word was. And the word was gotten. Would you ken what a gotten was, Willie? Um, but I would usually think it actually is a verb, you know. Right. Like, I've got no tea. Oh, right. <laughs> but, you, you, but presumably, is it is a kind of a, a mining it's, word? It's a mining term. If you can go onto the Scottish Mining Museum website, they've got mm-hmm. a transcribed version of an old book called Scotch Mining Terms. I think it's a dictionary of Scotch right. mining terms for the, the late 19th century. Uh, a glossary of Scotch mining terms, actually, uh, by a lad called James Barriman. And a gotten, and this was something that this boy in the 1980s was was saying about a gotten, and nobody had managed to transcribe it at the local archives. And it works out that it's just it's a a pair of a water course doing doing the mine. So there's still these kind of right. older mining terms. Uh, that some of them are specifically in Scots. So that's a brilliant resource mm-hmm. there. And I managed to get ahead of the actual book itself. And there's wee illustrations right. and all that. So there's tons and tons of work still to be done yeah. amongst the mining communities and folks' memories that are that are still on the go today. Still, a, a, locally in Loch Gelly, you'll hear a lot of people and they, they talk about grace, meaning like your tools. Aye, aye. Uh, Lousing time, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're finished. So there, there's still a lot of the kind of mining terms that are around and in the kind of language. Exactly, aye. Loads of work to be done there. There's a few projects to be done, I think. Mm-hmm. Aye, aye, a few projects. There's, there's a heap of stuff that has to be done, as you, you said. And, and you would have found this when you were you know, working with your um, your recent report, Steve, as well, and uh, culture, of course. Tell us a little bit about that before we go off of there. Well, over the past sort of year or so, maybe a bit elongated because of the pandemic, I'd been working on a thing, a report for a few national bodies today with intangible cultural heritage, which is an awful long-winded way of saying basically we're, we're local traditions, we're oral traditions, expressions, ways of day and who we understand the world around us, our performing arts, uh, music, song, storytelling, as well as uh, traditional craftsmanship. So it's are they kind of skills and, and things that are mostly in folks' heads? It's no like you're getting into a museum and you see physical objects. It's stuff that folk can, in their own heads and ways of doing things and skills that they hay, much like you can. Richie was telling us earlier on about his, his granny had this skill about the coal and say, oh. all that kind of thing. So <laughs> it's collecting these sort of things that aren't really picked up by conventional, I suppose, museum collecting and that sort of mm-hmm. thing that we're, we're mere used to. So. I've been looking at that and seeing how Scotland uh, maybe engages with that a bit more outside of the kind of university sector that I kind of features in the programme a fair bit with the School of Scottish Studies and places like mm-hmm. that. But seeing how it works more in the wider community. So that's an exciting theme uh, for, for myself and, and organisations like Trax and Donald Smith and Dave Francis and folk who've uh, been on the programme at various times. Mm-hmm. Aye. 
Right, this is the Beresa Balwida, song by Robert Tannehill, through Fred Freeman's complete songs collection again. The singer is John Crowell. Will you call as you go to the praise of Balwida? With the blade but he's grow on the bonny blue and heather Where the deer and the ray lightly bound and go together Sport the lang summer's day bang the praise of Balwida Will you go as you go to the praise of Balwida? With the blade but he's grow on the bonny blue and heather Will you go? Twine the abode by the clear silver fountain And I'll cover it out with the floors of the mountain I'll range through the wilds and the deep glens so dreary And return with my spoils to the bower of my dearie Will you go, lassie, go, to the braes of Balwether But the blaeberries grow, find the bonny bloom and heather Will you go? When the rude wintry wind idly raves round the dwelling And the roar o' the lynn on the night breezes swelling See merrily will sing as the storm rattles o'er us And our dear shielin' ring with a slight lilting chorus Will you go, lassie, go, to the braes o' Balwither Where the blaeberries grow, find the bonny bloomin' heather Will you go? And the flowers richly blooming, and the wild mountain time more than Burland's perfuming. Dear dear native scenes, let us journey there together. Where Gladenison's reigns, bang the praise over winter. Will you go, lassie, go, take the praise over winter? Will the blaeberries grow, bang the bonny bloom, and heather, will you go? Beautiful. John Crowell and the Braise of Wither by Robert Tannehill through Fred Freeman's Complete Songs Collection. Now, earlier we heard Ross Kennedy sing Kogi Thou Heals Me, another Robert Tannehill song. Among the favourites would be Are You Sleeping Maggie, Hey Donald, Meg of the Glen, Oh Hi Johnny Lad. But fit why, Steve? Fit why do we not hear a lot more about Robert Tannehill and his songs? Name any folk but even Kenny exists. 
Aye, it's a funny one because I mean he wasn't a long lived chill. I mean, like Burns, he, he died in his mid thirties, um, but he was a a huge fan of Burns' cell. He was born in seventeen seventy four, and he was actually one of the founders of the Paisley Burns Club, which is still on the go the day. He was totally into literature and started even composing at, at skill, as far as I can. But he seems to have been a fairly modest child. He suffered with various ailments and, and depression was a real issue in his life. He didn't bring out his first uh, collection of poems until 1807, which was, as far as I'm aware, was actually an advanced subscription. It was self-published. Uh, but he sold all the 900 copies within a couple of weeks, <laughs> made a bit of a profit. But he sort of didn't really tack to doing that kind of thing again. He wanted to find a publisher. And about the year that he died in 1810, he seems to have had a knockback for publishers in Greenock and Edinburgh. And that just seems to have kind of turned that badly. And, and sadly, he was he was funded uh, doing the Candon Burn in Paisley uh, in 1810 when he, he passed away at the age of 36. Aye. But there was a statues put up to him. And on the centenary of his birth in 1874, up until the 1930s, folk would gang along to Glen Concerts, which was um, the Braes of Glenifer at, at the back of Paisley. And about 30,000 folk would turn up and, and choirs would sing his songs and all this sort of thing. And, and the prophets for the first of the concerts actually erected the statue on uh, in Paisley. So there was definitely making the, the Tannehill Society and all that kind of thing. He's held in great regard locally, but hasn't really made it into the national consciousness, no, which is I'm a shame. Ju- I'm just looking at the dates as as well as Steve there. You know, dates, uh, Robert Tannehill, 1774, as you mentioned, James Hogg, 1770, Sir Walter Scott, 1771, Burns a bit later, 1715. But they're all steering the together. And oh, yet and you hear about James Hogg, Walter Scott, Burns. Right. And, and Hogg went to see Tannehill. There's a, there's a famous episode where, where Hogg apparently got to see Tannehill and it was towards the end of his life and Tannehill gave him a kind of emotional farewell where Hogg said that Tannehill said, I'll, I will never see you again, was kind of the parting words. So they were definitely, they can't know each other and, and all that sort of thing. It just seems mm-hmm. to be that he kind of hasn't made it through the mists of time. But as I say, there's a handful of songs that are out there his brazer bulkwood are turned in in the middle of the 20th century into Will You Go, Lassie Go in the folk revival. Mm-hmm. So folk have definitely heard uh, parts of Tannehill's own words. Mm-hmm. But the work of, with Fred Freeman and, and bringing him back into the consciousness just shows how valuable he is and, and gives a better understanding of the, the, the work and life of Tannehill. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve, for that. This is Doogie McLean with another Robert Tannehill song. This is Are You Sleeping, Maggie? There's no star in all the carry Lightning's beam athwart the lift And winds drive on way winter's fury Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? Let me in for loud the limb Is roaring o'er the warlock raggy Fearful socks the birchy bank The rifted wood roars wild and dreary Loud the iron yet does clank Cry a who lets Max Mealy. Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? Let me in for loud the limb. This road and hour the wall of craggy. I burn my breath, I don't speak. For fear arouse your walk rife daddy. Call the blast upon my cheek. Oh, rise, oh, rise, my bonny lady. Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? Oh, are you sleeping, Maggie? 
back me in for loud the land is rolling over the wall of craggy. Cast aside his dripping plaidy, blow your lust, your rain and wind. Says Maggie, no, I'm in a side you. No, since you're walking, Maggie, no, since you're walking, Maggie, what care I for bullets cry, for butchery bank or wall or craggy? McLean with another Robert Tannehill song, Are You Sleeping, Maggie? And Steve just reminded me that, of course, Doogie was in the folk group The Tannehill Weavers, just celebrated near that long ago their 50th anniversary. Now, earlier I was speaking to our programme guest, Willie Herschel, about his book The Sayer Road and the exhibition that was in the Loch Gelly Centre in Fife. Well, his next book was featured in an exhibition along with the fantastic illustrations again by Les Connell. But like a lot more, it was the first lockdown hit plans and the exhibition that was to be in Dunfermline was postponed. But the book was launched. It's called Earthbound Companions. Illustrations by Les McConnell again. Willie, tell us, Mayor, about your new book. Aye, well, it's, it's a book about besties. Um, Earthbound Companions is a, a line in Burns' is, uh, To a Mouse. Just a number of things. After the, the, the Sayer Road, I was keen to work again with Les. Um, so I started writing poems about Scottish animals. Uh, some real ones, some kind of uh, fabled ones, some that just uh, made up my imaginary. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's an animal in the book that uh, nobody's ever seen yet. Les you know, did these great paintings and we put an exhibition on at the fire station gallery in Dunfermline, the old fire station, which is a great venue. It's uh, curated by a guy called Ian Moyer. There's an art gallery, uh, there's there's a music space, there's a cafe and there's studios and stuff there, so it's a brilliant place. Right. These are, I smear, you know, the, the earthbound companions. Let's hear what it sounds like. Aye, well, this is the title poem, and uh, what I wanted to do was write a poem where it's it's the mouse's take on Rabbi. It's how the mouse sees uh, Rabbi Burns, and how the mouse addresses him. Half drook at best, arm the blade or fear. You hunker down aside me, Magnus Stibble. My whiskers sense a kind but bruckle hair. 
that wouldn't wish me hair my uncle trouble. One rest at best. You're trembling like a linty. And you're our foo, with guilt and worry thrang. Like all your kind, ye bicker, ye bo-savante. You think my daft, there's small lives o'er forlang. Sear hosen best, harped in a three-bear coat. Bide, in the hearing news content it stay. Ging line, fear na the futra, the bodrins is stoke. Gae soon enough, you'll flee with talent fee. Och, silly man. O future's drear, ye tell. Greet nae for me. Greet only for yourself. <laughs> Earthbound Companions. Beautifully read, Willie. Now, I'm just thinking there, I can that your good wife Mary is uh, a keen gardener in her allotment. And when we spoke about that, you said, no, nah, I, I, I prefer sitting in the shed, think, <laughs> thinking about things, <laughs> planning things. Is this how you got the inspiration, in the shed, watching <laughs> Mary Dean have the work in the allotment about the beasties? Well, I'm only on the allotment advisory capacity, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mary does all the digging and all the work and all the thinking, and uh, I sit with my wee flask uh, in the greenhouse, you know, and as I say, I do proffer advice where, where I can, Aye. although it's not always accepted. <laughs> <laughs> right, another poem. And just to prove that we, we can actually uh, understand and speak in English every now and then, <laughs> can you do the heron then, the grey heron? I'd love to. Aye, the grey heron. Uh, up at Loch Leven, which is quite near us, um, there's a, a, you can see herons near the pumping station, uh, near the kind of Benarty Hill side of the, the, the loch. I've always found herons hard birds to talk to, if you can what I mean. Oh, I can what you mean. <laughs> um, they've got, it's, it's to do with their movement or their lackey movement and, and, and also they're very kind of, you know, always looks to me like they're in the huff. Um, you know. Oh, but uh, so they, but they are wily because of the, I've got a heron that comes down and eats all my puddocks or my puddocks <laughs> eggs. And, and, the, and the, well, the, the creep they in, the creep into the pond, you uh, know. They are very uh, sleek it because sleek. I read a story about them that uh, although they didn't move around very much, occasionally they'll uh, they'll fly off and they'll go into Edinburgh into the suburbs, <laughs> uh, you know, the kind of posher areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they find a, a a fish pond, they'll completely wipe oh. it out um, and then come back to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, this is one I'm speaking about. Actually, it doesn't fly in. It's got wise to the fact that I'm watching it flying in and scaring it. Yeah, it's now yeah. flying in a wabak <laughs> and then walking in, sneaking in. Like, over yeah, to you, yeah, Willie, over right, to you, right, the grey right, okay. Here we go. Right, grey hair. You augur an emaciated poetry, shredding the empty kirk of Burks named after you. You stalk the bare wood, querulous, in a painstaking huff, staying silent and put in the har-hushed gloom hall all winter, deep in your divinations. Even the sixpence-sized gouge-spink will back himself against the winds in his tilt at the warm south. But no risk-taker you, a pole-faced wader of shallows, wintering a bad job out, or stretching it to the odd away day break from standing still to pirate suburban carponds. 
That's the grey heron. The grey heron. The <laughs> goudspink. Steve, did you hear that one? The goudspink. I did. Goldspink. I caught that. Wasn't it on complete English there? <laughs> I know. Right. Tell us again if it's the goudspink. The goldfinch. The gold. Brilliant name for us. Isn't that a beautiful oh. word? The name. Tiny, tiny wee bird. Oh, beautiful little bird. Aye. Aye. It, we, we had uh, a long session with with uh, Scott's names for birds in our Grow Radio program. But we've just we've just launched into into the world again. We'll speak more about that in a minute. Right. Finally, Willie. Finally. And we'll give information about this book just after this. Read to us the otter. Okay. Otters. I love otters. Um, and I saw footage of them on a program on the telly and uh, it reminded me of a kind of James Bond figure. It was kind of coming ashore in the dawn, you know, like it'd been on a secret mission. <laughs> a lovely, uh, lovely picture, right? All right, so Balaclavid for special nicht operations. He smooths ashore in the grain of the door, his tunic drooket, his neb dreeping, his ration pack still wriggling in his mouth. Cruis in his quiet way, he rouses cell in a kelp bathrobe. He scours out salt traps for his retro 70s feather cut. Mission accomplished. He'll report back to base, sign disappear, into the common 5X. Ask the scarf, spear the tarak, along the bar of the shoreline's nukes and house, the conversation ceases. Nobody seems to have seen him. That's fantastic, That's I love it. Right, Willie, before we begin off the book, give us information. How can folk get huddled? Uh, again, it's a GraceNotePublications. You can get for www.gracenotepublications.co.uk. They've got a great website, Grace Notes, and lots of other great books. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on the Bowhill Players Facebook as well. There's contact details there. Fantastic. Willie, thank you for joining us again. No, thank it's you. It's been a it's been a pleasure being back in your company. And please give my regards to, to Les and your good wife, Mary. Fa will be appearing in voice in our next garden <laughs> programme, Grow Radio. This is a keen garden, as I said. We're in allotment. Like, oh, Steve, oh, Steve, that has just got his new allotment, the keys to his new allotment. And that reminds me to mention that our garden programme, Grow Radio, has just started again, as I said. And Steve features in that programme as our resident allotment grower. And I forgot to ask him during that recording that he was growing. Fitty growing in your, your allotment, Steve? Oh, wheel. <laughs> wheel. <laughs> there's already in the corner, there's a whole bunch of berry cane. So there's uh, gooseberries, rasps. Uh, I think there's loganberries in amongst here. Some of them were just sticks. So we're just finding out the new what they are <laughs> turn out to. Um, in terms of veg and things, we've got kohlrabi coming on. We've got the Tuscan black kale, <laughs> curly kale. <laughs> Uh, tying a bit of sweet corn out We've got where Ingen's in Stuttgarter Giants The Aran Pilot Tatties are come through And the Maris Pipers are beginning to show the main croppings And we've put in a couple of apple trees So plenty to keep us busy You're advanced oh. You're advanced You can fit your DM I bet Mary can't switch his Dean as well, and we'll hear me for our, our, the Grow Radio. And just to keep you up to date, we are on www.growradio.com, our new programme, new new edition for 2021 is just out. And then a off joining us there, even if you're just a beginner. And we've got fabulous food recipes for your own cook, Claire Patterson. And advice for the heat gardener, himself, Dave Mitchell. 
and Finn Nixon, our programme sorter, had just put out a wee video through my own wee greenhouse. And you can see if it had been planted and some of the work in progress. Battling with the snow and frost earlier and now the mm. monsoon. So it's been a chav. And we have a special record button on the webpage so that folk can record their gardening question. And your good wife Mary Willie has been just that, looking forward to hearing that. Now, at the mention of weather, the weather, that leads me on to Finn Nixon. And he's been focusing on safety on the hills. And before we go, we have to just remind folk that it's tempting just to rush out there without preparation. But the safety measure they have to think about now. Easing the lockdown, better weather forecast, folk went out in the hills. Finn, over to you. See, the Scottish Mountain Rescue report for 2020 has just been released. And it really identified what was obviously a, a pretty unusual year. The data involved in it was taken from 28 of the voluntary teams in Scotland who are members with Scottish Mountain Rescue. And what it showed was a year a, a great contrast for most of the teams. So obviously cutouts were at a record low during the late spring, especially in April, because mm-hmm. we were just gone into lockdown, the first lockdown. And then they were at almost a, a record high when restrictions were eased for the first time in July 2020, just because folk were getting out into the hills again. And that really carried on into August and September through the summer. Mm-hmm. And just delving a wee bit deeper into some of the, the stats and figures, according to the report, there were 497 incidents which Scottish Mountain Rescue teams were involved in. Wow. Uh, there was also 671 team call-outs. And just to give you an idea of that, uh, that is an average of two per day. So that's a fair amount, really. And there were 242 days last year where at least one team was called out, with the busiest days being on the 21st of March, which is, of course, just before we went into lockdown for COVID-19. And uh, Mm. just after lockdown in August, there was two really busy days in August as well. So to really get an idea from the ground, if you like, I asked Malcolm McIntyre, support manager, with Braemar Martin Rescue Team in Aberdeenshire, whether he really thought that a repeat of last year is likely and fit his concerns were. There's two things. I think folk are desperate to get back out in the hill. It's been a hard winter. The weather's been bad for May. Suddenly, I think we are going to get a lot of people going, going back out to the hills. So that, that is a real worry. If you add in the fact that probably most people aren't going to try and holiday abroad this year, I think that's going to cause a bit of an impact. Now, whether or not that means there's going to be more incidents and accidents, that's really going to depend on the weather. But it is a worry, and I think we are potentially in for a busy summer. Do you feel that folks sometimes underestimate the the risks or the conditions they might face in the summer months? I think you're absolutely right. I mean, summer in the Cairngorms, you can still get snow in August up in the plateau. We've had snow up until last week, and there's still snow up in Benham and the high tops. You could easily get that in June and July as well. And for a lot of people, they don't consider that. They're not used to the Cairngorms. Being up there is, is no place to be in with, with poor clothing. And if you actually get yourself into the Cairngorms, into these more remote hills and glens, you've got to be able to navigate to get yourself back out. And a lot of people in those summer conditions won't, won't be able to do that. It was noted in the report, actually, that navigation errors and missing equipment are two of the more common causes of rescues and call-outs. Do you think that's become a more significant factor recently? I think we definitely saw a lot of people who decided to try hill walking for the first time or were getting into hill walking. 
And even if they had started to try to learn to navigate, there's a period of time when you do make mistakes and you've got to learn from your mistakes. But when it's really bad, then you need to be able to rely on, on sensible, good navigational skills. And some of those people don't have that. And, and what key equipment would you recommend folks should be taking into their hills right now in the summer months? To me, even in summer, you've got to have a rucksack that's got some warm clothing and a set of waterproofs, a hat and a gloves. I would never go out without them. I, I always think you've still got to have a paper map and be able to use it, even if it's just a bit cut up out of a map or printed off and laminated. That's all good because batteries in your phone, your batteries in your GPS might not work. So I think those things are essential. You get these tiny wee survival bags now that you can get two or three people inside. That's something that's great to have in the bottom of, of your pack as well. And even in summer, having a really, really small head torch that you can use to alert people with is, is really good and a whistle. And I would always urge people to learn how to navigate. Malcolm McIntyre reminding us about the safety measures on the hills. Finn, thank you for that. And thank you to Malcolm. Timely reminders again. We kind of emphasise just how important it is to be prepared. So please bide safe and keep in mind that the weather can change in minutes. And we'll leave you with that. On behalf of Richard Werner, Steve Byrne, Finn Nixon, and of course our special guest, Willie Herschel. And he's you back, Willie. Will you come and join us again sometime soon? Oh, sure, aye. Pleasure, aye. And we'll leave you with the soon of the smart pipes. You know my favourite players. This is Anne Gray with the Gordon and McLeod set. Keep safe and soon and join us again for me, Frida Morrison, by the news.